best Christmas, a Christmas that is filled with um, reflection on, on what God has done for you and, and, and how he has accomplished what he accomplished to redeem you through our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to take this time just briefly to um, help us think um, through, through this together. Um, from Luke chapter 2, verse 10 and 11. Luke chapter 2, verse 10 and 11. Um, and, and, and here we, we see the joy of Christmas. We, we, we see the joy of Christmas. But for the sake of context, I'll read from uh, verse 8 up until verse 14. Bear in mind that um, we will be focusing on verses 10 and 11. This is God's word. Let us hear him. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the flock, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, and that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was the angel, um, there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. Amen. This is God's word. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, what a joy indeed to draw near to you to hear your word on this day. Um, it is the most important day, Lord, where we, we think about our Lord who was born, um, who, who, who took on flesh and dwelt among us. We, we, we pray that our hearts will look to you even now as we hear your word, that our hearts will rejoice in you, our hearts will find rest in you, our, our hearts will find um, peace that surpasses all understanding because of what you've done for us. May you be honored in Jesus' blessed name we pray. Amen. This announcement um, that we just read by the angel to the shepherds reminds us of the, the true joy of, of Christmas. And oftentimes we miss the, the true joy of Christmas because we have given Christmas a different meaning than what it really is about, right? We, we make Christmas a day of spending time with, with family, eating lots of food, all varieties of, 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 of food, and exchanging gifts, which are all good things. Right? They are all good things. But let me put it to you this morning that if our understanding of the meaning of Christmas is summed up in all these things, in, in the fact that we, 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 we get together as family, in the fact that we eat lots of food, and in the fact that we, we exchange gifts, then we have missed the true meaning of Christmas. We have missed the true joy of Christmas. This, this blessed as, uh, uh, announcement in Luke chapter 2, verse uh, uh, 10 and 11 reminds us that the, the, the great joy of Christmas comes through receiving God's gift of the Savior, 
Christ our Lord. That's where the true joy lies. The true joy of Christmas lasts all year long. It is not just a, a, a momentary event, a one-day event. It is the abiding joy of knowing for certain that things are right between you and God. It is the contentment that comes from knowing that you have a hope that holds constant beyond the uncertainties of this life. And that kind of lasting joy comes only to the one who has personally received God's gift of the Savior. The question I want us to explore this morning um, is why did the angel describe the news about the Savior as news of great joy? To this, we'll briefly look at four reasons, four brief reasons why the news about the Savior brings great joy. The, the, the first one is that it is good news for sinners. The, the, the news about the Savior brings great joy because it is good news for sinners. Imagine how frightening um, the, uh, uh, the, the shepherd's experience would have been, right? They, they had been sitting in the dark, perhaps, with, with only the light of a flickering fire, when, when suddenly the sky lit up. It was as if it's day. And to add to the sudden appearance, um, to add to that, the, the, the sudden appearance of, of an angel, it was enough to, to scare anyone. The shepherds sitting in darkness here uh, picture the lost humanity. Uh, picture how lost we are, that we are, we, are, we are in darkness if we are without Christ. We, we are sitting in, in the darkness of sin and, and the shadow of death. When the glory of God in his holiness suddenly breaks in on people who live in, in the darkness of sin, the only response, uh, uh, the only legitimate response, I must say, is, is great fear. In the Bible, when, when godly people encounter God or his holy angels, fear is the only response that they had. When God appeared to Moses on Mount Sinai, the, the, the mountain shook and, and there was lightning flashes, thunder, a, a thick cloud, and, and the sound of a loud trumpet. The people were so afraid that they dared not come near the mountain. When, 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 when godly Isaiah saw God through a vision in, in Isaiah chapter 6, he cried out, Woe is me! For I am undone. I, I am damned. I am ruined. Suddenly, he realized at that moment as he encountered God in his holiness that he was a sinner. The, the, the fact of, of, his, of, of his sin came out clearly as he saw God in his holiness. It is always a fearful thing for a sinner to see a manifestation of God and his glory. The Bible says if, if, if you have not received Jesus Christ as your Savior, whether you realize it or not, right, you are in the greatest unimaginable danger. Eternal danger. We saw it last week, right? We, I mean, on, on, on Sunday, that there's this great warning for those who, who, who are living in unbelief. For, for those who are not receiving the gospel, the, 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 the danger, the, the warning to eternally perish. 
In other words, if you should die without Christ, you will have to stand before a holy God against whom you have committed many offenses. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27 says, It is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment. Right? It doesn't matter how young you are, um, where you feel like, uh, uh, you know, I still have, have, have years ahead of me. But the Bible says, one day we will stand before Christ. One day we will stand before Christ. One day judgment will come. You see, after death, it is too late to repent. We like putting things off, right? We like procrastinating about this repentance thing and, and say, I'll do it later. I'll do it when I'm, I'm, I'm a bit older. But we have no idea about tomorrow. It is, after death, it is too late to repent. No amount of good works or, or good intentions on your part will help you in the day of judgment. And so like these shepherds sitting in darkness and suddenly seeing this blinding light, you should be terribly frightened at the thought of God's holy presence. And against this backdrop, backdrop that the message that the Savior has been born is the best of all possible news because it brings the promise of eternal life to those who are under God's judgment. So, so the news that a Savior has been born who will deliver all who receive him is truly good news of great joy. But not only that, not only is it um, good news for, 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 for sinners, but that the news about the Savior brings great news because it is true news. Right? It is true news. Good news is only good when it is true. Like, just imagine, if I come to you right now and, and tell you, you, you just inherited a million rents. And you said to me, really? I, 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 with, with joy, right? And I say to you, no, I'm, 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 I'm actually just kidding. You wouldn't rejoice, right? Because it is, not, it is not true news. It is not true that you have this million rents. That news is, 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 is worthless because it is not true. The, the, the news that Jesus Christ is born as the Savior is nothing more than a sick joke if it is not true news. If it is just a nice fairy tale that warms our hearts every Christmas, every now and then when we gather together and sing Kumbaya uh, and, and talk about this fairy tale of a Savior coming, uh, coming um, and w while it is not true, then let's eradicate it once and for all because it is, offering, it is offering false hope where there is none. But if it is true news, brothers and sisters, then we must believe it and act upon it. Luke wants us to know that this news is true news. In Luke chapter 1 verse 3, he states that he had investigated everything carefully from the beginning. His gospel was the fruit of careful research. Most scholars, um, most New Testament scholars believe that Luke got most of, of, of his information from Mary, the mother of Jesus. Uh, 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 that was Luke's direct source of information about the birth narrative. 
So, so Luke chapter 9, chapter 2, verse 19, uh, reports that Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Well, when the angel appeared to her and, and, and told her these things. So, to doubt the veracity or to doubt the truthfulness of these events recorded by Luke is to pit your word against the word of a woman of integrity who was personally closer to these events than anyone else. The, 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 the witness of the shepherds as well further confirms the historical accuracy of these events. That there was no reason for them to fabricate a story about seeing the angels. Skeptics usually say that it was mass hallucinations. Um, just maybe to, 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 to go apologetic on you. Um, um, whenever people see hallucinations, let's say um, for the sake of argument, um, there was four of us, I will not, I will not pick any of you, uh, 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 four of us here, and we smoked um, something strong, right? <laughs> something green and, and strong, and we started seeing things. I guarantee you that we will not see the same thing. We might see things, right? But we won't see the same thing. So mass hallucinations never happen that when, when 500 people are seeing uh, uh, hallucinations, they see the same thing. It never happens. So the, 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 uh, that argument is out of the picture. Verse 20 affirms here that the things that the shepherds heard and saw, they saw them just as had been told them. Right? The things that they heard and saw uh, was a common couple, uh, about a common couple and their baby in Bethlehem who's in a manger. Uh, who would make up a story like that about a king? You, you know stories about kings, right? They are full of, 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 of you know, uh, magical uh, or, or, or mythical qualities. You, when you tell a story about a king, you do not tell a story about a king who is born in a manger. You, you tell a story about a king who was born in a palace. Right? You, you tell a story about a king who, who has this wealthy parents and who, who is coming into the world to, to, to conquer with the sword. You, you're telling the, this story about a fairy tale hero. You don't tell a story about a king whose birth was humiliation. In this day and age where this is recorded, this wouldn't, um, if it was a fabrication, nobody would want to hear it. Uh, so, this, the, the reporting of, of the birth of Christ, it is a straightforward reporting of events as they happened. It, it is good news of great joy because it is true news. We can rely upon what is being said here. It is good news and it is true news. Thirdly, the, the news about the Savior brings great joy because it is news of Christ the Lord. And I want us to, 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 
to put on our, 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 our thinking caps here. It is news of Christ the Lord. He is a unique person. Consider the uniqueness of the Savior that is born in Bethlehem. First of all, he is the Christ. He is the Christ. Christ is, is Greek for anointed one. In Hebrew, they say the, the Messiah, right? We are used to that word Messiah. It, it means the anointed one. It means that God the Father sent and anointed Jesus for the mission of salvation. He, he was anointed as prophet to preach the gospel, as priest to offer sacrifice for sin, as king to reign in our, in our place. He alone is able to reconcile uh, 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 sinful people to God through his life, through his sacrificial death, and through his resurrection. He is not only the Christ, but he is Christ the Lord. The, the, the same word is used in, in, in Luke chapter 2, verse 9 and verse 23 to refer to God. That word Lord is, refer, is used to refer to God. In other words, the Savior that is born in Bethlehem is God in human flesh. If he, had not been, if he had only been man, he could not have saved us because his death would not have, have had merit beyond himself. But if he, had been an, and if he had been an angel, he could not have, have borne human sins. But he was Christ the Lord. He was God. He is God himself. God alone is great enough to, he, to deal with the problem of our sins. Right? He's not only Christ the Lord, but he is man as well. And that is a very important point. It's a very important point because he is a man. He is, he is fully God and, and, and fully man. He is truly God and truly man. He was born in Bethlehem. He, he did not descend from the sky, right? He was conceived miraculously in, in Mary's womb and went through the stages of development just as any human baby. And that is a wonder. That is something to, to marvel about. As a man, he is the representative man. He, he could bear the sins of the human race. As God in human flesh, Jesus Christ is unique in all the world. He alone qualifies to be the savior of the world. And that makes the news that he brings good news of great joy. But not only that, fourthly and lastly, the news about the Savior brings great joy because it is for all people. It is for all people. The angel said that this news was not just for the shepherds, but for all people. In other words, it was not limited to the Jewish nation, as we saw Sunday. It is not limited to the Jewish nation, but it is for all people. It is for the Gentiles as well. And this is where our hope lies. Right? This is where our hope lies because none of us here is a Jew. None of us here qualifies. In fact, even the Jews don't qualify. Right? The Jews don't qualify by virtue of their Jewishness. The Bible says all are under sin. 
both Jew and Gentile. One door. There's only one door to salvation. And that door is Jesus Christ. It is not my nationality, right? It is not my nationality, but it is Jesus Christ. It is not my race. It is Jesus Christ. It is not my tribe. It is Jesus Christ. It is not my background, my intelligence. It is not my education, right? It is none of those things. It is Jesus Christ himself. And here is good news of great joy. It is for all people. It is for all people. It is a fact of history that the gospel applies to all and it transforms all who believe. Savage cannibals have been converted into peaceable missionaries through the good news of, of, of Christ. I read of a skeptic who, who was on a South Island. Uh, you know about South Islands, right? That uh, these people are, are known to be cannibals. And, and he was mocking Christianity. He was there, he was mocking Christianity. A, a local tribesman said to him, you see, if missionaries had not brought us the gospel and we had not believed, we would have eaten you for dinner by now. We would, we would, we would have already devoured you. What that says to us is that wherever it goes, the gospel transforms sinful hearts. The, the, the gospel turns people from, from sinful people that are against God, from, from being beasts in the sight of God to being children of God who are peaceable, who are peacemakers, right? Remember the description of kingdom citizens. As Jesus Christ preaches his sermon on the mount, he says, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall, they, they shall be called children of God. One of the, 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 the marks of children of God is that they are peacemakers. They, they are peacemakers not because they are born with a propensity to make peace, but because they have been born again. It is because they have been transformed by the gospel. The gospel, according to Romans 1 verse 16, is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Well, put your name in verse 11. Look at verse 11. There has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. There has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Amen. Our dear Lord and Savior, indeed, what a great, great joy to know about a Savior who has come for us, a Savior who is born for us, a Savior who not only was born, but went to the cross to bear our sins, that he who was righteous became sin for us, that we may be the righteousness of God in Christ. We thank you for what you have done. We pray for those, O oh Lord, who do not know you, those who have not come to receive this great joy.
our great prayer is that you will break their hearts with your truth, draw them to yourself, that they may see that there's no joy anywhere else except in Christ. Lord, may we ne never pursue synthetic joys, fake joys, but may we pursue joy in Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.